you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Lou here. I had a question just pop in my mind watching one of your videos. Um, I wonder if you would touch on the differences and similarities of the remaining MAGA people that are um, also quite often flat earthers or Illuminati follower uh, conspiracies. Uh, basically just that, that MAGA has now come to a point where it is meeting a convergence of becoming kind of a cult because of the only people left in it. Um, anyway, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that similarity or, or, or whatnot. I find it particularly interesting that a lot of extreme MAGA people... Um, tend to also accept conspiracy theories without question, basically. It seems to me that Trump has been encouraging kind of a conspiratorial mindset anyways, so it doesn't really surprise me a lot. But I have talked about Trump as a cult leader, and I do believe that Trump runs a cult, a de facto cult, as a, a level two cult, uh, a decentralized but focused group that revolves around this one specific figure that forms out the ideology for people and you know any news that they get from this one guy trump is news that they accept without question even if it contradicts what they see right in front of them with their own eyes so uh i definitely believe that trump is a cult leader without question i have also made note that his cult followers, his cult members, tend to be on the conspiratorial side. Anti-vaxxers, flat earthers, QAnoners, so on and so forth. Hi, Owen. Uh, I had a question going back to the Fauci email. Um, so I go onto the subreddit called No New Normal every now and then just to see what the um, people who are anti-maskers and such are currently saying about what's happening. And one misconception I've noticed that they're having, or I don't even know because I'm not sure where they're referencing it from, is that um, somewhere Fauci admitted that masks don't work is apparently what they're saying. And I was curious if you had any idea what they were referencing. Thank you. He said that publicly forever ago. And then he said that in the emails around the same time that he said that publicly. That's not news. Everybody knew that that was his position at the time. And the reason that that was his position, according to Fauci, for my understanding, is because he knew that masks were going to be necessary and important and integral part of solving this problem from the get-go, as every good scientist did. But he wanted to discourage people from getting them until hospital workers and physicians and nurses and everybody else could, basically. And then he told the public to get them because he saw what kind of an insane rush was happening with like hand sanitizer and toilet paper, you know, hoarding and everything else. That's my understanding of it. Now, he made a moral choice. Who knows if that choice was pushed 
by Trump or his administration or or who whoever who fucking knows who knows who originally pushed him to do that or maybe nobody did maybe that was his call that choice was a a moral choice that he made and he's going to have to live with now he made the choice to tell people not to wear masks in the beginning because he thought that it was going to benefit society the most to allow healthcare workers the opportunity to buy masks before the hoarding started. Like the guy or hate the guy for that decision, that's the choice that he made. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter if Fauci believed that masks don't work or not. They do. They do work. I mean, that's been studied up and down a billion different ways. We know that for a fact. Even if Fauci genuinely did believe that masks do not work, he, he would be incorrect because they do work. Hey, Owen, this is Brody from Pennsylvania. I wanted to ask, what's the difference between this Seven Mountain Dominionism thing that you've been covering on your channel a lot and Christian nationalism? Thanks. Okay, so what's the difference between Christian nationalism and Seven Mountains Dominionism, okay? Seven Mountains Dominionism, also known as Seven Mountains Mandate, I believe, is a subgroup of Christianity, for lack of a better term. It's a group of people who believe that... It, it, it's very intricate, okay? So they believe that christianity should control people in these seven different ways based on your question i'm assuming you already know this but uh, there may be others out there who don't this group believes that christianity or their specific branch of christianity should control society in seven seven different ways the seven mountains according to the seven mountains mandate are they christianity their branch of it should control education religion family, business, government and military, arts and entertainment, and media. Christianity should permeate and control society in those seven ways. And the idea is that only a few people at the top should pull the strings. If they can get their branch of extremists to the top of the education system in the United States, or if they can get you know, for example, if Ted Cruz or his father, who preaches Seven Mountains Dominionism, if he can get himself into a position where he has influence over education, he has accomplished the goals of the Seven Mountains Mandate. Same with government and military. They want to get Seven Mountains Dominionists into the controlling positions at the top of the government and the military. That's their goal. To go back to your question here, your question was, what's the difference between that and Christian nationalism? I think this is a very specific branch of Christian nationalism. It goes beyond just standard cookie cutter, I want a Christian state. This is like they have a plan to create a Christian state, and they're setting it in motion, and they have been for decades. That's the kind of situation that we're in right now. And we see a lot of fucking bizarre stuff coming out of the Seven Mountains mandate that doesn't really make sense to us unless you understand how it works and what their plans are. Like, you know, they've written books about this. Johnny Enlow is a Seven Mountains Dominionist. Ted Cruz's father is a Seven Mountains Dominionist. 
And these people have written books about how to control society, and they are in positions of power and, and outright attempting to take the reins of power and turn it into a Christian nationalist state. That should be fucking disturbing to everybody. That's why I talk about these people. Next, we're going to talk about Greg Locke issuing a barely-veiled threat over pandemic-inspired church closures. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The next article I wanted to talk about is titled, Preacher, COVID Church Closures Will Be Met With Our Second Amendment Right. This is by Beth Stoneburner on the Friendly Atheist website. So let's give it a read and see what it says. Always one to find and promote a conspiracy where there isn't one, right-wing hate preacher Greg Locke says he's ready to use his Second Amendment right to protect his first, even though literally no one is trying to prevent him from speaking. Locke wrongly thinks conservatives who spread COVID lies and election conspiracies have some First Amendment right to broadcast their views on every social media site, and he'll shoot his imaginary enemies the first chance he gets. He explained this to, to host Stu Peters of Red Voice Media. There's a clip with this, so let's give this clip a watch and see what he had to say. This conservative censorship is true across the board. I've been banned from, you know, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook has banned me, put me in jail many, many times. I'm sure you and your program being as bold as it is, you've experienced the exact same thing. And so being as bold as it is this guy, I've actually talked about Stu Peters before, or I've had, uh, I've had clips of him on my channel before. I think he was interviewing Deanna Lorraine one time. And I had that clip on my channel. It wasn't even that long ago. It was few weeks ago but anyways i find it interesting that greg Locke is saying that he's being censored by being kicked off of facebook and youtube and twitter and all of that stuff right in the strictest sense I, i'm going to deviate a little bit from what some of my colleagues have to say about this in the strictest sense this is censorship he's right he, he is being censored but his first amendment right is not being violated He's not being jailed, and he's not being silenced by the government. That's really the key here. This is a law against government intrusion. When this law was written, the way that people spoke was on a soapbox on a street corner, right? Who else was going to censor them? The government. That's it. Those are the, that's the only group of people who could. Because standing on a soapbox on a street corner is not controlled or owned by a private company. So Greg Locke has the right to go to a public park or a, a sidewalk and stand on a box and say what he has to say. He has that right. But he can't go into Home Depot and stand there right in the middle of a crowd and scream it to the crowd in Home Depot and expect to stay. He can expect to be kicked out of Home Depot. Crowds gather at Home Depot. People gather in stores, right? When you go to Walmart, you see 500 people walking around. 
It's a perfect location to scream the craziest shit you can think of at the top of your lungs because there's a crowd there. You want to go where the crowd is, right? You're not allowed to walk into a Walmart and start screaming at the top of your lungs. They will kick you out too. That is technically censorship, but Walmart has the legal right to do that. They don't have to put up with you screaming and throwing a fit in the middle of their store. You can go to the sidewalk outside of Walmart and scream at the top of your lungs if you'd like, and you will not be censored by the government. If you are, then you have a real full-blown lawsuit in your lap waiting to sue the government, and you would be right to. It's basically the exact same situation with Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and everybody. You're in their store, at their storefront, with their customers, screaming at their customers. The fact that YouTube is banning extremism from their private platform is not a violation of anybody's rights. I just want to make sure everyone's clear on that. For you and your program being as bold as it is, you've experienced the exact same thing. And so people that say that this is not an attack have lost their mind. This is an absolute attack on our First Amendment right. And I tell people all the time, look. No, it, it isn't, first of all. And second, it's not right-wingers who are being targeted here. It's extremists. Twitter kicked a bunch of QAnon accounts off of their platform a while back. You guys remember that? Uh, YouTube and Twitter and Spotify and Apple and a bunch of others kicked Alex Jones off their platform forever ago, too. It's extremism that they've been targeting, not just right-wing people. If right-wingers, Republicans, continue to go down the extremism rabbit hole, you know, they can expect to get kicked off the platforms too. That's just what it is. If you don't want to be kicked off, then don't be a complete fucking lunatic talking about the government inserting microchips under your skin if you get a vaccine. That's fucking nuts. I know you don't see how nutty this is, but the rest of the world is just looking at you with their fucking mouths wide open. Amendment right. And I tell people all the time, look, when it comes to our church and what we need to say and remaining open, that uh, when they impede upon our First Amendment right, we'll meet them at the door of the tent with our Second Amendment right. Because Okay, so that that's the point that's really important. When they impede upon our First Amendment right, which is not what's happening here, then we'll meet them with their with our Second Amendment right. That is a threat of violence. And philosophically speaking, that's my line. Violent rhetoric like that. If somebody is saying something that is encouraging violence, I, I'm totally okay with deplatforming them. Not necessarily putting them in jail, but deplatforming. I want them removed from the public spotlight if they encourage violence. And that's exactly what Trump did. And, and not only did he encourage violence, it led to real-world violence on January 6th. And as a result... He was deplatformed from Twitter. The right decision, in my opinion. Later on, we're going to talk about Steven Anderson being deplatformed from YouTube and why I agree with that decision, too. Generally speaking, I want people to be able to say what they want to say, for the most part. I believe in freedom of speech. To the bottom of my heart, I really do. I believe in freedom of speech more than some people around me do. 
and I get criticized for how much I believe in it and how much I want people to be able to speak freely. The moment that you kick somebody off of a platform, take Alex Jones, for example, the moment he got kicked off of the platform, off of all of the platforms, he got this massive swell of support for just like a, a minute. I think it was like a, a couple of months when he got this gigantic swell of support. Everybody was talking about the guy and how he was deplatformed and all this other stuff. You know, Forbes, Huffington Post, Talking Points Memo. Is that another left-wing one? Just every single outlet out there. Not just left-wing ones, but right-wing ones too. They were all talking about him for like two months. And all of a sudden, it just went dark. Nobody's talking about Alex Jones anymore. He got two months of coverage, and then that was it. That's because that's how deplatforming operates. When he was deplatformed, the guy was going around saying, You think you can strike me down? I'm just going to come back stronger than ever. Did that happen? Of course not. If you don't have access to this gigantic audience that YouTube and Twitter provides, and you have to hoof it on your own, like Alex Jones did, creating his own website and hosting his own servers for InfoWars, if you haven't done that, your voice is going to die out. That's how this works. Are people really asking if deplatforming actually works? Of course deplatforming works, yes. You remove people from where the crowds are, the crowd's not gonna hear them speaking. How is this confusing to anybody? Of course deplatforming works. But when that happens, when Alex Jones was removed, guess what happened after that? The only people who were really listening to Alex Jones were people who already had a slant in that direction, already basically knew who he was, and were already pretty far to the right. And that means he had no checks to the crazy shit he said. He could get crazier and crazier. Who is going to fact check this guy? Nobody. He's just going to go completely off the fucking deep end, and his audience is going to sit there listening and eating it up. When you deplatform somebody like that, the group that they lead become more insulated from the outside world, more of like an echo chamber type of situation, and they get more radicalized. That's what deplatforming does. It's a trade-off. If you are okay with these groups becoming more radicalized and, and insulated from society, then deplatform. If you don't deplatform them, though, you have to understand their message is going to poison public society. Alex Jones' ideas are going to push the Overton window, the window of acceptable public discourse, further and further and further to the right, to the extreme right. So the trade-off is, do you want Alex Jones and his batshit crazy ideas to be out there in the public where it can be criticized so he doesn't go too far off the deep end, but he's going to poison the rest of society with this shit? Or do you want to remove him and his ability to speak to YouTube's gigantic crowd? Do you want to remove him from that so that his 
listeners become more insulated from everybody else and more radicalized. This is how you get extreme groups, radical groups. Sometimes they just pop up and haven't been like removed from Twitter yet or whatever. But other times they've been removed and deplatformed and they've become more and more extreme, progressively more extreme as time goes on. I don't want people to be deplatformed. Basically ever, almost ever. I don't want violence to be in the public forum. I don't want that to be an option that people look to. And when Greg Locke says things like, we're going to meet them with, their second, with our Second Amendment, right? That's violence. That is a thinly veiled threat of violence. That's when it's okay with me to deplatform somebody. The Overton window, we can let it get pushed to the right, let it get pushed to the left, and we can talk about these things and work it out and criticize the people that are saying this really batshit crazy stuff. But the moment it goes to violence, I'm done. I, I want them off. That's it. The legal line is obviously further down that road than I am. I would like for people to... Um, I would like for Greg Locke to be removed from social media for this. I don't want him jailed. I want him removed from all social media for it. At this point, I think Locke's already removed from social media anyway, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, let's keep listening. With our Second Amendment right, because look, they are trying to silence us, and I think our compromise is our silence. The fact that we are not willing to push back. And so I think big tech... I don't know what this dude's smoking. The fact that we're not willing to push back. Are you kidding me? That is like all the right has been doing. Like QAnon has been... You Didn't they have a bunch of Trump trucks literally trying to ram a Biden bus off the road? What do you mean not willing to fight back? Does that mean literally physically fight back? Because he already alluded to physical violence a second ago. A thinly veiled threat of physical violence. Is he saying he literally wants people to fight back? I mean, that, that's the only explanation I can pick up on here. Because the right already is fighting back in the colloquial sense. I think big tech is in for a, a big rude awakening because I think the Lord's going to turn this whole thing around and they're going to start breaking this stuff up. Lawsuits are going to come in and uh, it's not going to be good for them, but I think it's going to turn out good for us. Ooh, I'm scared. Lawsuits, you say. It's not going to turn out good for them, but it'll turn out good for us. Like I said, the only thing that I genuinely fear from this guy is violence. I don't believe that violence has any place in public discourse, and that's his bargaining chip. That's what he has to offer to this conversation that hasn't already been offered or that hasn't that he hasn't already offered at least. He wants violence. Let's read the article by Beth Stoneburner and see what he said. This is a quote from the video we just watched. This conservative censorship is true across the board. I've been banned from, you know, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook has banned me, put me in jail many, many times. I love how he's comparing this to real life action. As if not having a Facebook account is like being in jail. Has he ever been in jail? Look, when it comes to our church and what we need to say and remaining open, that when they impede upon our First Amendment right, 
we'll meet them at the door of the tent with our Second Amendment right. That's a call for violence. There's no other way to twist that. That's what that is. And he would probably be willing to admit that to you. This is Beth Stoneburner speaking. To be clear, private websites are not obligated to spread hate speech or dangerous lies on their platforms. Their rules are not bound by the First Amendment. The Founding Fathers didn't include the right to tweet anything you want in the Constitution. The reason that I agree with her on this is because I can think of a real-world analog here, okay? If you're just some nutbag standing on a corner screaming at a crowd, no one's going to listen anyways, right? You're just some lone nut yelling on a street corner. No one cares. You go to Walmart, you make a scene, suddenly you've got everybody's attention. Okay, that's the real-world analog. That's the real-world analogy to what's happening right now. You go to your own website and start spouting off nonsense on your own website nobody's even gonna listen no one's gonna go there or hear what you have to say you go to twitter where a crowd already exists and you start spouting it off you have people around you who are now listening right walmart is fully within their rights to kick your ass out if you want to continue spouting off your nonsense create your own website that's the closest analog to a street corner seriously you don't have a right to be in this company's realm. You don't have a right to be in this company's space. You do have a right to do what Alex Jones did and create your own website. You don't have to make it its own social media platform. You can do what InfoWars did. Just create a little video platform. Start uploading videos to it. That's exactly what Steven Anderson did, and that's what Alex Jones did, and uh, you know all the crazy nutbags tend to do that nowadays. I guess you could say that what YouTube is doing is censorship in the strictest form, technically speaking, but it's not a violation of your First Amendment right in any way. It's not. Let's keep reading. And the government has an obligation to protect public health. So when they issue restrictions on all public gatherings due to the pandemic and churches can easily just stream services online, as many have done, Locke suggests that he would shoot those government employees. If a Muslim or atheist or other non-Christian attempted to kill people looking out for everyone's best interests, it would arguably get more coverage. But when Locke does it, it's just another day that ends in day. I wish that society would get to a point where we all collectively didn't accept it when people like this talked about violence that is my moral line i wish we could get to the point where we don't accept violence as an option but these companies have already kicked greg Locke off anyway so i really don't know what else can be done i guess he's just going to keep screaming into the void until somebody reacts as long as we're criticizing him and pointing out how crazy this shit is that he's saying, there will be a check to his power. That's exactly what Hemant Mehta's website is doing here. That's what Beth Stoneburner is doing, responding to his insane shit. There continues to be a check on his power, but some people get more and more radical whether there's a check on it or not. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Johnny Enlow's obsession with the Illuminati. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
The next article I wanted to talk about is titled Johnny Enloe claims military intelligence will soon reveal the 2020 election was an elaborate sting operation. This is actually from April 1st, 2021. It's a little bit of an older one. This is a, you know, a few months old at this point, but I wanted to read the article and get some context for who Johnny Enloe is because he just came out with a brand new clip and I wanted to watch that clip and see what he had to say. So let's give this a read and see what it says. This is written by Kyle Mantilla. QAnon conspiracy theorist and supposed prophet Johnny Enloe appeared on the Rig Nation YouTube channel Monday, where he continued to insist that former President Donald Trump is, in fact, still secretly the president, falsely claiming that Trump's signature appeared on checks distributed by the federal government as part of the COVID-19 stimulus bill. I don't know if you guys remember hearing about that, but I, I remember when Johnny Enloe claimed that. He said that the stimulus checks that had just come out still had Trump's name on it was not true. I had actually just received my stimulus check like shortly after this took place and I, I looked and it wasn't there. Just completely full. It just makes shit up whole cloth. Doesn't even care if it's easily disproven. He just wants to feed it to his audience and they then they eat it up every single time. Anyway, let's watch this clip from Johnny Enloe. This is on April 1st, 2021. It's a little bit older, as I said. Let's see what he had to say. He won the election in numbers by far. The numbers will come out. They're going to come out very soon. Very soon. When is very soon? Because, you know, it's past April, past May, past June at this point. Let's have some fucking information, please. How do you know that? Well, I could literally send you numbers from about three different... There's, you know... People don't realize Sidney Powell's our top female attorney. That was her reputation before the media, uh, you know, decided she's persona non grata. She has proof. She has the proof of all the fraud and the numbers. She has the numbers. Sidney Powell has that president. Well, if she has them, why don't we have them? Why doesn't she put it out there on the Internet? Make it public. Put it out there everywhere. We want to know. If you're right, I want to be right too. That's what I always fucking say. Give me the information. Oh, there is none. Trump won the election. Sidney Powell has that President Trump won the election. Lynn Wood was our top male lawyer. He has all the numbers. He has all the proof. Mike Lindell, Mr. Pillow Guy, uh, my pillow, he has, and he has videos. And if you haven't seen them, it's because they're suppressed and censored. No. That's completely bullshit. If they have this information, release it to the public. Somehow nobody has seen this shit. For a reason. But there are three different sources, and they're not even the ultimate source. The, there was actually a sting operation. They knew it was coming. And so even the military intelligence knows that 49 states, it depends how you count the numbers, but 49 states, including California, went to Trump. Is he fucking serious? 49 states, including California, went to Trump. Yes, he is. He's 100% dead fucking serious. He really believes this shit. This guy does. 49 states went to Trump. Including California, went to Trump. They just decided, this is not prophetic, this part I'll tell you right here. It's an inside military intelligence information. That March 10th, they presented a, re a seven weeks report, and they acknowledged they know that the election was fraudulent and that it was 
uh, essentially from that standpoint stolen from uh, President Trump. He really believes the things that he says. I want a shred of evidence, literally anything. I will take anything at this point. I'm not saying I'll believe it based on that, but I will take any evidence, seriously. There is no evidence for the complete batshit crazy claims that this guy makes. There's no evidence for it. I don't know if you noticed, but a minute ago he said, This is not prophetic. This part I'll tell you right here. This is not prophetic. This part I'll tell you right here. Notice that part? So the rest of that was prophetic, as he says. This guy believes that he is a prophet of God and that God is feeding him this information. First of all, that's reason enough to disbelieve it right there in my eyes. I deal with prophets every fucking day of my life. I sit here and scroll through prophets of every religion telling me they have secret information that God gave them personally and not to believe any of the other prophets. I mean, which one am I supposed to believe? They all contradict each other and tell me not to believe the others. So the moment I hear somebody like this say, this is all prophetic, or this part is not prophetic, this is factual, that's when I just basically throw it in the trash. It's completely fucking worthless to me. So anyways, that's who Johnny Enlow is. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of an introduction to the guy. I know I've talked about him a few times, but I wanted to give some lead up to the next clip, which comes, which came out June 22nd, 2021. He was at a conference. Remember I keep mentioning this is not a nobody. He's an extremely important figure in the Seven Mountains Mandate belief system, the Seven Mountains Dominionism belief system. He was at a conference and he said this. Those who have done enough study of the problems before us, they are serious. If they're not serious to you, it just means you haven't really looked at them very closely. And uh, they're very serious. They're existentially serious. I think we're here on these panels. And if the United States goes, we're the last defense for this thing. The world goes under uh, you know, it goes under control. It goes under deep state Illuminati possession for hundreds of years. That's what we're facing. What? Uh, we're talking about the Illuminati now? What was that last section? Deep state Illuminati possession. Deep state Illuminati possession. Not just deep state Illuminati, but they're now possessing people. Everybody should be concerned because now they're possessing people. They're very serious. They're existentially serious. This is an existential threat, he says. This guy is not a nobody. This guy speaks at conferences every year. This guy is well known in the Seven Mountains Dominionism movement. He has who knows how many followers. A lot. More than me? More than Mr. Atheist? More than Angry Video Game Nerd? Maybe? Millions? Who fucking knows? We don't have the analytics on our side, but it's a lot. It's a very large subsection of the Protestant Pentecostal movement in the United States. This is a sect, S-E-C-T, a sect of what I call Christian ISIS. There's another clip came out from this guy on June 14th. So this last one we watched came out on the 22nd. This one came out a week before that. Let's give this one a watch and see what he said. The sword will strike her wise counselors and they will become fools. 
And I'm going to say that I put in my notes that directly applies to someone and they already brought up Fauci, an alleged wise counselor. He's supposed to be the wisest representative from the department, uh, uh, you know, whether it's, he's not CDC, but he's speaking for the WHO, the CDC, the National Institute of Health. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but this guy, Johnny Enlow, and others like him keep trying to make religion fit onto something that it, it just isn't supposed to fit onto. For example, he is obsessed with Trump as a messiah, as a messenger of God, as an anointed one. I'm using words that he has used. He is obsessed with the idea that he is basically a new Jesus. The reason he views the world like that is because of something called Seven Mountains Dominionism. Dominionism is this ideology. It, it, it's almost like a cult. It's a group of people. I would say it is a cult. It's a group of people who believe that the United States should basically be a Christian nationalist country. It should be controlled by Christianity. It is the extreme of the extreme. And I've talked about dominionism on my main channel before. In fact, I talked about it recently in a video about this pastor who was getting attacked by Christian ISIS. I think the title of the video where I talked about it was something like a real case of Christian persecution, something like that. There are a bunch of different versions of dominionism, but there are three things that link all dominionists together, three qualities about all dominionists that make it what it is. This list was written by Frederick Clarkson. He's a journalist. Quality number one, dominionists celebrate Christian nationalism and that they believe that the U.S. once was and should once again be a Christian nation. In this way, they deny the Enlightenment roots of American democracy. Quality number two, dominionists promote religious supremacy insofar as they generally do not respect the equality of other religions or even other versions of Christianity. And finally, quality number three, Dominionists endorse theocratic visions insofar as they believe that the Ten Commandments or biblical law should be the foundation of American law and that the U.S. Constitution should be seen as a vehicle for implementing biblical principles. That's dominionism, okay? Those are the qualities that dominionism, that all dominionist branches share. Seven Mountains Dominionism, or the Seven Mountains Mandate, is a little bit different in that they try to cover seven aspects of everyday life. You've got education, religion, family, business, government or military, and arts and entertainment, and finally, media. If the Seven Mountains Dominionists can put their people at the top of each of those subsections of society, They've accomplished their goals. They want a dominionist at the top of the government and of the military. But they want to get somebody at the very top of business, the very top of religion, and uh, basically infiltrate the churches and turn them into dominionist churches. They want to get somebody at the, the head of education. They want to get people who can control the education that's provided to our kids. They want somebody at the top of media, at the, at the top of arts and entertainment, like Fox News, for example, that kind of thing. 
That's the goal of the Seven Mountains Mandate. That's who this guy is, Johnny Enlow. That's what he believes. And he keeps applying religion to things that that it it's not supposed to fit on because that's how he views the world. Let's keep listening. But he's speaking for the WHO, the CDC, the National Institute of Health, and he is being proven to be an utmost fool. And so the wise counselors... Notice the use of the term, an utmost fool. That sounds like it's a biblical term. He's framing this in religious ways, religious perspectives. That should tell you all you need to know about this guy's mindset, seriously. Are being evidenced as total fools and that's part of what the lord is doing at i mean i i think we can apply the word wicked to him we're talking about anthony fauci here by the way so steve schultz believes that we can apply the word wicked to anthony fauci we can apply wicked to him he 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 only cares about himself and the money he's earning i don't know what gave him that impression that fauci only cares about the money that he's earning how how did he come to that conclusion Something that I have stopped doing is assuming the intentions of people. I used to do this from time to time, like especially with like Jehovah's Witnesses, the governing body members and stuff. I used to assume that they were evil at heart. I don't actually know that. I don't know that. In fact, I, there's reason to think that maybe they are just suckers. Maybe they are just, maybe they just bought their own propaganda. Maybe they're true believers at heart. I don't know. I, I can't tell. It's hard to tell. And we're not in their heads. Don't attribute malice to that which could be attributed to stupidity. Something like that, right? That's the saying. That's kind of the perspective that I take on most things now. I'm not really sure why this guy is obsessed with the idea that Fauci is wicked. That's fucking weird. The depopulation... Uh, um, you described that, you just mentioned it in passing, but there's a, an agenda uh, among the deep state to depopulate the earth. Who, what is he talking about? China just had really low birth rate numbers and as a result increased the number of kids that pe- some people are allowed to have because low birth rates is a bad thing for the economy. The economy flourishes and thrives when there are people to pick up on it in the next generation and continue stimulating it, basically. When birth rates contract, the economy contracts, and the country gets weaker. They're not trying to kill people off. They're not trying to prevent people from having kids or any of that shit. It doesn't make logical sense. Depopulate the earth for whatever reason... And so the, there are these... For whatever reason, I love it. There is no reason. There is no logical reason for this. ...the earth for whatever reason. And so the, there are these things that depopulate, whether it's diseases or FDA uh, cures that are held back or whatever. I don't know if you have anything to say about that. It's complete bullshit from beginning to end, but I know he was asking Johnny Enlow, so let's listen to his reply. Say about that. Well, just as it relates to Fauci, there is no person, the level of evil is the highest I can imagine. He's literally responsible for tens of thousands of deaths. And, and he isn't? 
I mean, Johnny Enlow isn't? Like, first of all, I don't see how Fauci is responsible for that. Fauci took the lead on the pandemic when, you know, nobody else could or would. I have great deep respect for the guy. And the fact that they're trying to demonize him now, it, it just blows my fucking mind. But aside from that, how many deaths is Johnny Enlow responsible for? Talking shit about the vaccine, claiming that the virus is just, you know, a hoax and Chinese this thing and that thing, all that other stuff. How many deaths are on this guy's head? He's sitting here complaining about Fauci, who, as far as I can tell, is blameless in this situation, for the most part, just trying to further the goals of the United States and of humanity, helping people get better. It's basically it. And this guy is sitting here as he is to blame for deaths, saying that Fauci is to blame for death. Is this projection or what? What is this? It's evil. If, if, there, if there's any person on the planet that should receive the maximum judgment, it is Fauci. Where are these people's heads? Where are their heads? Like, where? How are they coming up with these batshit crazy ideas? The scariest thing about this whole thing is the fact that this guy is dead set on controlling education, religion, family, business, government and military, arts and entertainment, and media, and will do anything to accomplish that goal. He wants to control the United States and turn it into a Christian nationalist state. These are stated goals. He's a Seven Mountains Dominionist. He follows the Seven Mountains Mandate. In the Seven Mountains Mandate, they believe that atheists should be done away with. Just like Jehovah's Witnesses. We should be concerned about what this guy is saying and doing right now. Next, we're gonna talk about an extremist cult leader expressing very concerning views about pride parades. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. You guys remember Steven Anderson? It's been a long time since I talked about this guy, like months and months, maybe longer than that. But this is a picture of him up for the people watching the clip on YouTube. Uh, Steven Anderson is a an extremist in the truest sense of the term, and he is the leader of the NIFB Church, the New Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church. That's what it means. It's a replacement for the IFB, or Independent Fundamentalist Baptist Church. And this guy is a step past the IFB, which was already extreme, in the sense that he believes in violence. He believes that we should be taking violent action against people to accomplish our goals. I've talked about this before. That's my bar, my moral line. That's where I draw it. I'm okay with you being deplatformed and even imprisoned if you outright 
say that you want violent action against your political or religious enemies or whatever else. Now, I can hear you saying, free speech warriors, I disagree. People should be able to say anything they want. I'm a free speech absolutist. Wait until you hear some of the things he said. Let's listen to this first clip. This is kind of bordering on the line of violent rhetoric or not. This is when Steven Anderson was kicked off of YouTube for using violent rhetoric. Let's listen to this clip. This was released on September 10th, 2020. It's too bad that this message about the love of God is struggling to find its way on YouTube. It's pretty sad when my wife has to call me before the service and say, what, where's the channel? I can't find it. Because YouTube has been deleting our channel. It's not her fault. YouTube is deleting our channel. Like every week, every day, you know, meanwhile, Insane Clown Posse's channel is doing fine. Okay. That's because Insane Clown Posse are artists. They're, they're rap artists and actually they're religious. I don't know if you guys knew that. There's a song that they wrote called um, Miracles. Oh my God. My ex, when we were teenagers, she was obsessed with Insane Clown Posse, and now I cringe so fucking hard every time I hear the name of that band because they made that stupid fucking song called Miracles, and it's famous for these lyrics. Fucking magnets, how do they work? And I don't want to talk to a scientist, y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. That's the famous Insane Clown Posse line that I can't get out of my head. But you know, I digress. Insane Clown Posse is an is a work of art. Like, they're artists. That's what they do. And some of the art that they put out has been removed from YouTube if it was too over the top. Let's keep listening. Okay, and, and think about the vile and the filth and the garbage that's on that kind of stuff. I mean, you think Insane Clown Posse is a little bit of, of filth? A little bit hateful? A little bit, you know what? But that's okay because it's not Jesus Christ and the word of God that's being preached. Truth is hate to those who hate the truth. And right now, you know, uh, YouTube has just banned me and just deleting my channels one after the other. You know, it's just I make a new channel, it gets deleted. I keep respawning. Every time I die, I, I, I'm, I've got, I'm not, I don't have nine lives. I just keep coming back, keep respawning. That's because he was banned as a person. The moment he comes back to YouTube, they're just going to ban him again. He's not allowed on there. It's not because he's continuing to use violent rhetoric, which he is. He's not allowed on YouTube. They're going to continue to ban his accounts once they see it appear. I remember when all of this was happening. Again, this video is from September 20th, I think. And I remember when all of this was going down because I was following it pretty closely. Oh, it's September 10th. That's when this video came out. I was following it closely and he kept creating like 10, 15 channels. He was almost up to 125,000 subscribers when his first one was removed. And he kept creating more and more. Again and again, they cannot stop us from preaching the word of God. But anyway, you know. You guys ready for the violent rhetoric? Maybe, all, maybe the fact that California is going up in flames right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe God can just go like, and maybe it can hit Mountain View, California and torch old YouTube's headquarters. That's violence. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's endorsing. That's what he's hoping for. He wants 
violence. That is my moral line. That's where I draw it. I do not believe in religious extremists spreading violent rhetoric like that. That is enough for me to say, with in good conscience, I want him removed from YouTube. That's my deplatforming line. When he starts talking about violence, that's where I draw it. Torch old Google's headquarters, right? That's not even the worst that he's said. He's said things like he wants gay people exactly where they belong, six feet under. He said he wants the penalty for being gay to be firing squad. He said a lot of similar things like that. Actually, one of those may have been uh, Tommy McMurtry, not Steven Anderson, who said that. But either way, it's from his church. He runs it, it uh, his whole branch. He runs it. He is the leader. He created the ideology, and he oversees the whole thing. So if Tommy McMurtry believes this stuff, it's because he picked it up from Steven Anderson. He picked up the rhetoric from Steven Anderson. Steven Anderson believes this shit, too. And he's had his fair share of violent rhetoric. Anyways, let's read this article by Hemant Mehta about the video that we just watched. It's on the Friendly Atheist website. It was written September 11th, 2020, so it's a little bit older. I got Christian hate preacher Steven Anderson banned from YouTube. A few days ago, I posted about how a leader of Arizona's new independent fundamentalist Faithful Word Baptist Church had been posting his recent sermons on a variety of smaller YouTube channels or having his followers post them for him to get around the ban that YouTube had placed on his own page. How did he get banned? Anderson has celebrated the deaths of murdered LGBT people, called the government to execute homosexuals with a firing squad, spread Holocaust denialism, promoted misogyny, and more. Promoted misogyny does not do it justice. This guy is broken inside. Promoting misogyny is too tame for what this guy has said and done. I, I cannot oversell this. This is an evil person. His sermons are so outrageously awful that 34 countries won't allow him to step foot within their borders. More recently, he began spreading misinformation about COVID, even urging his congregation and YouTube viewers against taking any eventual vaccine. Remember, this is September 2020, before a vaccine was even out, and he's already warning people against it. In July, his primary method of spreading his message, his YouTube channel, was permanently shut down due to violations of the website's policies. The COVID stuff may have finally tipped the scales. But Anderson responded by saying he'd start new channels without explicitly mentioning his church's name or his name in their descriptions. In other words, you wouldn't be able to find his sermons through a YouTube search, but his followers would know exactly where to go. And that's actually what he ended up doing. Uh, Anderson was creating a bunch of different YouTube channels, uploading similar content to each of them, and listing them on his website so that his followers could go there and view it. Eventually, once things fell apart and Hemant Mehta got the guy banned from YouTube, he ended up using Google Drive, I think. He uploaded his videos to Google Drive and then shared them on his church's website, which, you know, whatever. Uh, you're still using a Google product, but it's not... You're not sending it out to as big of an audience as YouTube has to offer. So there's that, I guess. There's more to this article, but you get the idea of how this played out. I actually wanted to read the newest article and watch the newest clip from June 21st on the Friendly Atheist website, written by Hemant Mehta, about somebody from Stephen Anderson's church. 
The title is Hate Preacher Celebrates Death of Gay Men at Pride Parade. I hope they all die. These people actually throw a celebration every year when the, you're, you guys remember the Pulse nightclub thing? They, oh God, this cat fucking scared the shit out of me just now. Oh my God. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this guy and celebrating fuck, the death of gay people and this cat just, you know, all over me all of a sudden. What, you're just walking across me? Are you for real? Well, fine. If you're going to get down, then get down. What, why? Look, there's a, a big-ass open path behind me on the ground, and this fucking cat just jumps in my lap to walk across my lap. Why? I don't get it. Scare the shit out of me on the way past, too. Anyway, as I was saying, you guys remember the Pulse nightclub thing? They celebrate it every year as an anniversary. They celebrate what happened. Those are the type of people that we're dealing with. That's the caliber of person, of extremists, that we're dealing with here. So let's give this article a read and see what it says. Jonathan Shelley is the pastor of Steadfast Baptist Church in Hearst, Texas, near Fort Worth. It's one of those new independent fundamental Baptist churches that are offshoots of Stephen Anderson's church. And Shelley previously made headlines in 2019 when he said rebellious children should be executed. Uh, the name of the article for that one, by the way, is Baptist Preacher Says Rebellious Kids in Public Schools Should Be Stoned to Death. Yesterday, he went even further than that. Rather than talk about theoretical deaths, he flat out celebrated the actual deaths of LGBTQ people, including one person who was accidentally hit by a truck at a pride parade in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and told his congregation he hoped all LGBTQ people were killed. The clip begins after a brief recitation of Romans 129, which lists the characteristics of sinful people. Let's watch this clip and see what he had to say. It, it's going beyond just saying you do all this wicked stuff. It's saying you enjoy it. You enjoy murder. You enjoy malignity. You enjoy hating God. Look, there's only one group that enjoys that. It's the pride parades going up and down the street. Yeah. And, you know, it's great when trucks accidentally go through those, you know, parades. I think only one person died, so hopefully we can hope for more in the future. You say, well, that's mean. Yeah, but the Bible says that they're worthy of death. You say, are you sad when f die? No, I think it's great. I hope they all die. I would love it if every f would die right now. And you say, well, I don't think that's what you really mean. That's exactly what I mean. I really mean it. I, I, I'm fucking speechless. What do you even say about such monstrous, evil people who would say something so fucking horrific? They, they are literally, actually, hoping and praying for people's deaths. There is something broken in these people's brains. There is something wrong with these people. What, what's broken in there? What happened? At what point did they suddenly decide? Praying for people's deaths is the right thing to do. When did that happen in their lives? At what point? There's something a little bit more concerning to me than just him saying it. You know, it, it's evil for him to have said that. Absolutely. 
but there's something called stochastic terrorism. You guys probably heard of this, but in case you haven't, I'll tell you what it is. Stochastic terrorism is the public demonization of a person or a group resulting in the incitement of a violent act, which is statistically probable, but whose specifics cannot be predicted. The lone wolf attack was apparently influenced by the rhetoric of stochastic terrorism. And I'll give you an example. Trump's saying all this terrible shit about Hillary Clinton and how she's this evil person, she's terrible, and she she's a, a lizard in human skin and all of this other stuff demonizing her, saying she should go to prison. And Trump even said at one point somebody should use their Second Amendment rights or something like that, just kind of alluding to somebody physically attacking her, right? When that happens, that is inspiring stochastic terrorism. That is encouraging some nutbag out there who's listening to take matters into his own hands. How common is paranoid schizophrenia. Is it one in 10,000, one in 100,000, one in a million, one in 10 million? How many people listen to Donald Trump? 70 million people voted for him, right? Or somewhere in that vicinity. So they've at least heard a few things he's had to say, most likely. Even if schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia was a one in a million kind of thing, which it is not. It's a lot more common than that. But even if it was, out of Trump's voting block, 70 people would have it and are willing to do something really fucking psychotic if they think that he's implying that he wants them to. That's the idea behind stochastic terrorism. What these guys are doing here, talking about, you know, gay people and, and the Pulse nightclub thing and, and the truck and pride events and everything... I would say this goes a little bit beyond stochastic terrorism because they're actually outright praying for and saying that they want these people dead. But stochastic terrorism is not helped by what they're doing here. The possibility that somebody, some crazy fucking lunatic, is going to come in, take matters into their own hands, shoots through the fucking roof when you hear your pastor saying things like this. This isn't even the worst. This is not even the worst shit that I've heard from this group of people, from the NIFB. It gets worse. I'm okay with deplatforming these people because they are encouraging, downright praising violence against a group of people based on some immutable attribute, uh, based on a protected class. They're encouraging violent action against a protected group thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen and i will talk to you next week if you like what i do and you want to make sure i can continue to do it you can support me in a few ways first you can support me on patreon that's probably the best way but if you want to get something back for your support you can check out my teespring i sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there second you can support me by checking out my etsy store i sell 3d printed stands for every system from the original nintendo to the xbox one and finally if you want to support me in other ways you can check me out on my other channels i have the podcast channel which is where i talk about whatever's on my mind politics social issues Issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. 
Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.